Well, at least we have Christmas music to uh, keep us a little happy here and have a smile on our face. The Sabres certainly didn't do it last night. A 9-4 to loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets inside their home arena Excuse me, against the only team in their division. Or I'm sorry, against the only team in their conference. One of the only two teams in their conference, excuse me, that are uh, behind them in the standings and still 9-4 to loss. Paul Hamilton joins me now. His reports on WGR are brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Paul, is this rock bottom for this group? I don't think so because I don't see where the improvement's coming from. I mean, it's been, mm. Sal, it's been a year and a half with basically these same guys, and it's the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, you cannot let the 29th-ranked team in the National Hockey League with a points percentage of 391 walk into your building and score nine goals on you. Columbus scored seven goals by the end of the second period. In that period, they scored four goals in four minutes and 50 seconds. I mean, and part of it, I mean, they didn't get good goaltending. Goaltending, for the most part this year, has not been their problem, and they certainly did not get good goaltending from either goaltender in this game, Lukanen came in and the first two shots were in the net. And right away, that was in that 450 range there. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, they don't compete. How long have we heard that? For a year and a half. And, Sal, correct me if I'm wrong. You, 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 I know you cover football, but in my opinion, if you consistently – don't compete properly. Only do it now and then, but don't do it all the time. I think that's a character flaw. I don't think that's something that you can improve on by practice. Or, I mean, you can become a better defensive player by practicing. Or a better in the offensive zone on your forecheck by practicing. But if you don't have that inner drive to compete consistently, and it's been over a year and a half, where the team is still talking about competing. In my mind, that is a character flaw. Well, I guess that's one way to look at it for sure. I mean, there's some, there's a flaw in there, and I don't know. I mean, you're a professional athlete. We talk all the time. We've heard for many years, well, get them motivated, do this. You know what your job is. You come to the arena every day. The, the thing about this group is I, I, I thought that they had those guys, and I still think they have those guys. The way that they were able to, as a young team last year, to compete, battle back, get in this thing at the end of the year, that wasn't a concern to me. Why is it a concern now, Paul? That's what that's what I'm scratching my head about. Well, there were games last year where they, they had, you know, we heard about compete last year, too. Yep, and that's, that's right. that's the thing. A lot of the things we're hearing this year, young team, compete, um, they, you know, that they uh, pressure. The pressure thing was last year, oh. and I I like the fact that they didn't they stuck with those same guys after the trade deadline because they were in a playoff race. That was the first time for most of those young players, and yes, there was pressure in there. And I thought that's good for them to learn how to you know deal with that pressure of a playoff race. That was last mm-hmm. year, you know that should be over with. We, they still should not be talking about those types of issues. And I think to myself, can you imagine if they did get in the playoffs and and they got guys that don't compete all the time? They got guys who wilt under pressure. I mean, 
I, 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 I can only imagine what would happen if some of these guys would. And really, I think what the answer is, is these people or these players that don't compete on a consistent basis need to be identified by the general manager and then he needs to move them. I just you, you can't have guys on your team that don't compete on a consistent basis. And if that's their makeup, then I think they have to they have to move those people on. This right now, whether it's and quite honestly, I think Don Granado has a good system, but he's got players who refuse to play it consistently, who have shown when they do play it, they're a good team. But they hardly ever do it, and that's the problem. And the coach lays it out there for them, tells them the right way to play, and they don't play that way. And that's that's a problem. And that's not going – after a year and a half of this with basically the same team, I think we're to a point now that's not going to change. I mean, and, and where, where I have a problem with Don Granado, where I do disagree with him, is – he feels you just work through it. He doesn't feel that if you don't want to play the way he wants you to play, you go sit in the press box or you you sit for a period. He doesn't believe in that kind of stuff. He believes that if you do that, you're going to make a player more nervous and they're not going to play freely. You know, they're going to be worried about making mistakes because if they make a mistake, they're not going to play anymore. That's his philosophy. I disagree with that philosophy. I think too many players take advantage of him, and I think some of them need to wind up in a press box or benched if if they are going to consistently make the same error over and over and over again. But this is this isn't working, and that's for sure. And they've got to Actually, figure out why. And and by you saying the same mistakes, I'm going to bring in Mark from Amherst who's been on hold because I think he wants to make the same kind of point. Go ahead, Mark. You're on with Paul Hamilton. Yes, yes. It's painful. Uh, It just seems like mistake after mistake. We re-signed Zemgis Gergensen. I know he's not in the lineup right now. Akposo, we we gave him a token re-signing to get his thousands game in. Victor Olofsson should have been out of here a few years ago. Everybody knows he shows up on the power play and then he disappears for 20 games. Uh, we signed Connor Clifton, Eric Johnson. Somehow they find themselves in the lineup. We scratch Ryan Johnson, who's probably one of the best top six. Owen Power keeps making mistake after mistake. He doesn't find himself in the press box. You're 25th out of 32 teams in the league. You cart out Matt Ellis to be assistant coach on the team who's a career fourth-line hockey player, played like five minutes a night. The other assistant coach, I don't even know his name. I went to development camp at the Harbor Center. We had Mike Pekka and Mike Weber, uh, you know, running drills. These players were connecting with two up-and-coming coaches who are coaching in the National Hockey League right now. Uh, I believe Matt Ellis wouldn't even find himself on another team's bench in the league. And that's what you get. And Don Granado, he lost the room. I disagree with Paul. When you're 25th out of 32 and you keep on making the same mistakes for a year and a half, you do what these other teams do if you're a reputable team in the league and you, you fire the head coach. This guy's going to get blown out tomorrow against the Leafs. It's going to be 90% Leafs fans in the crowd. And 
I, 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 it, it's just painful as a longtime Sabres fan that we keep going through this. Another thing is when fans are chanting, fire Donnie in the stands who are spending their hard-earned money to afford a ticket to the game, uh, they mean business, and you have to do something. You can't just say Kevin Adams isn't ready to do it, Terry Pagula's got to step in. Somebody has to do something. So I'm going to hang well, up. Well, with- Mark, let me jump in. Let me jump in and get to Paul here. Thanks for the call and ask Paul about the head coach. I mean, the conversation has to be had now, and I know he was asked about it last night, post-game presser, but where does the head coach stand right now? That's what we were. That's what we were talking about just before we took the call. That this yep. isn't working, and yeah, that's the first time I've heard in the arena the fire Donnie chant. I hadn't heard it before, and that's what they have to figure out. Is it is it a question that if you bring another coach in, that they will motivate these players to play to their potential, um, or? Do you need to start changing some of these players who will play the system that Don Granado wants them to play? That's what they have to figure out. I don't think Kevin Adams is going to fire Don Granado. I don't think he's ever going to fire Don Granado. That's where I think it has to come from Terry Pagula. When Terry Pagula decides something needs to be changed and he tells Kevin Adams either you need to change the coach or you need to change some of these players, I don't think anything's going to change because Kevin Adams in his heart believes in everything he's done here. And he believes in these players and he thinks they are going to eventually figure it out and, uh, you know, play to what he thought they could. I don't believe that. I think a year and a half is more than enough. And this team has regressed drastically when that when you know and they said themselves in training camp uh, you know Don or uh, Kevin Adams that the window is open and there should be expectations for them to make the playoffs i can tell you this and and i was naive i i thought they were doing the right things from what i saw but you know obviously they needed to do more in the off season and with the regression that we've seen this year and so, you know, the, that, that pressure is on Kevin Adams that this should be a playoff team. And he's right. There are games they've lost that they shouldn't have lost. But the fact remains is they keep losing those games. And now you've got a team that is so fragile they gave up nine goals to one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League at home. When they took a one to nothing league, scoring a goal that is exactly the way Don Granado would draw it up on the board. You got Casey Middlestat causing the turnover at the blue line. He gets it up ice. Cousins gets it into the zone. You got Darlene coming fast into the zone, joining the rush, comes down the slot. Bang, you got a goal 30 seconds into the game. That's exactly the way they would have drawn it up. How do you not build on that in the game now? You've got you got yourself a good start. You've scored the first goal against a team that's that has done a lot of losing this year, against a goaltender that just gave up five goals to the New Jersey Devils in his only game in the NHL this year. And you you leave the period down 3 to 1. I mean, something needs to be changed here, but I don't think Kevin Adams will change it because he believes in these players, he believes they will snap out of it, and he believes in the coaching staff. So I think it will be he is preaching patience. He is still preaching patience. And in order for something to change, I think it has to come from Terry Pagula to tell Kevin Adams this needs to be changed. 
and you can't trade anybody for another week anyway. I mean, they That's can make <clears throat> internal changes. They can't do that. They could do something, you know, coaching wise if people want that. I, I think Don Granado's done a really good job developing these players. I was disappointed last night in his post game presser. I wanted more from him. It sounded like the same. And you talk about you know compete, compete. I just felt like it was the same kind of message as last year, but it needs to be different this year, right? They've even said it does. the expectations are different. Then why is not the post game uh, message different? Is it? Is it just because he's protecting his players? Then he goes back, Paul, behind a a curtain or behind a wall, and it's a lot different to them. Like, is that what it is? And I and I can respect that. I mean, you you know, I say that about Sean McDermott sometimes. People go, "Why does he call this guy out or that guy out?" And like, believe me, like that's happening behind closed doors. He doesn't want to do it. But I just felt that there was it was the same old message, and I'm like, but we're a year ahead here, and you can't be the same message anymore. That's part of it, and I I just don't think Don Granado knows what to say anymore. I think he's out of mm. answers. Yeah. I, I think, you know, behind closed doors, he's tried many things. And here here they are just getting worse and worse and not better and better. And I, I, I absolutely believe he's frustrated. But, I mean, he can't – he's not going to come out and call out players and, and do those types of things. That's not his style. That's not what he believes in. And quite honestly, I, I don't think he should stand at a podium and start ripping into players. But – Mm-hmm. I, I think fans would like to see maybe him come out at a podium and maybe just go nuts one night and then walk away. You know, don't even take any questions. Just say, you know, how unacceptable this is as a group right. and, and, and and something like that. But I, I just think he's a, a coach without any more answers because nothing is working that he's trying. And they do have talent on this team. But – if it's talented guys who crack under pressure and don't compete on a regular basis, and it's not everybody. I mean, they've got guys who don't. But but when you've got guys on the team that do that, they kind of take over what what the other guys are trying to do because you don't have enough guys pulling on the rope the same way. So, uh, you know, I, I just think right now he's out of answers. And then finally, you brought up, and I agree, and I said this earlier, like, I didn't do too much more in the offseason. I like the fact they wanted to grow, but, you know, they brought some players. And what's appearing now to me, though, is it was more of a concentration on let's make sure we have leaders in the room, veterans. They've been through the battles. But honestly, Paul, they just needed more talent. And, and, And it's nice to have some guys like that. But now we're seeing that that doesn't translate to winning on the ice when you have to compete night in, night out against some of these teams in your conference and around the league. Their top six should be performing better. It's not. But for the most part, I think they do have a pretty good top six. They just need Mm -hmm. to perform better. My problem with the way this team is constructed is the bottom six. I mean, I had a scout come up to me one night and and looked at what the, quote, fourth line is. That fourth line's a joke. And, you know, in the bottom six, you know, you need a line that other teams are worried about. Or don't want to come play. And I think, you know, by acquiring Robinson, I think that helps a lot because he has speed. He's big. He gets in on the four check, but that's kind of gone away too. You know, his first three games, uh, there's a lot of adrenaline. He looked great. I haven't really thought he looked all that good in the last few games that he's played. So it was that just adrenaline that we saw then, or, or is he really going to be a help for the hockey team? But that's the – you need a line – that's very difficult to play against. And I think yeah. you could put him in Greenway 
You still would need to get a centerman for for what I'm thinking that can also contribute. I mean, they get almost nothing out of their bottom six. And, you know, Robinson last year had 12 goals and 12 assists. I'm totally fine with that. If I get 12 goals and 12 assists out of a guy in my bottom six, I think that's that's perfect, especially if he's big and he's fast and he forechecks and is hard to play against. That You know, I have – I, I'm totally fine with that. So um, that that's where I think a lot of the problem is. I, I think, you know, they do have talent, and they have talent in the wings. So if, in that top six, if you figure out some guys just aren't going to be able to do it on a consistent basis, you've got some other talent, young talent, that's, you know, uh, in the minors or in junior right now that can maybe come up and, and take over in those because that's where they need to play. Kulik, when he plays, has to be in the top six. If he's playing with mm-hmm. Gergensen's and Oposo, you're wasting his time. You know, so yeah. but who in the top six are you going to pull out to put him in there? So if you got guys in the top six who aren't performing anymore and don't seem to have the gumption to compete, or you know, you've got other guys that maybe you can put in that into that top six and, and, and replace them with. Paul, very quickly before I let you go, uh, just some housekeeping items. Uh, what's the schedule between today and tomorrow? They play the Maple Leafs tomorrow night. And any update on Jeff Skinner? Uh, Skinner is getting better, uh, according to Don Granado. So he is improving, but he hasn't joined practice yet. Uh, Gergensen's, uh, they felt if he wasn't ready by the end of the week, which would be the Rangers, that he would be ready uh, coming out mm-hmm. of break, which would be on the 27th. So, uh, you know, he, he's very close, too. So they got to practice today. You got the Leafs. You got to practice before you leave for New York on Friday. You play the Rangers in Madison Square Garden on Saturday. And then it's the mandatory NHL Christmas break. Uh, they will not even get together to be on the ice together until the morning skate of the 27th when they have the home game. Thanks for doing this on short notice this morning, Paul. Uh, have a great Christmas. Anytime. Take care. You, too. Okay, Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here. We'll wrap up the hour. Then we'll get to our guest next hour. i got to get his name right. want to make sure. Reached out to him last night. He covers the Chargers. David Drogemeyer. That's who our guest is at 11.05 on the Chargers. We'll do that in a little while here after this timeout on WGR.